0: Welcome to Crab Takes in Football. This is what the Baltimore Sports Report does. I'm TK, joined by Andrew Holly. Holly, how are we doing, man? Oh, I'm recovering,
1: man. I think you know. It's funny. I losing losing always sucks, but when you lose to a fan base like the Buffalo Bills, it it
0: does make things a little bit easier, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean. They were just having a ball. They're donating all this money. I mean, that's they're the just thing so, that gets me. They're yes. just so happy.
1: Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to be too upset when the opposing fans donate hundreds of thousands of dollars to
0: Lamar Jackson's favorite charity. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, yeah. Hey, like how, wow. I mean, I don't. I'm. I'm not sure how I'm. Like, I, I can't. Be mad at them. And, you know, I'll, I'll say this now, and, and maybe we can discuss it in depth later. If the Ravens play the Bills 10 times, I think the Ravens win six of them. I think that's a fair statement. I do, like, it just looked like the Ravens are the better team than the Bills. And, and you know, of course, you know, lose by 14 points, but I think it was just one of those nights is what it seemed like, and and it yeah. seems like the Ravens have one of those nights in the playoffs a little bit, uh, recently, but, uh, you know, there was a lot of good that happened on the field. You know, the Ravens were able to move the ball pretty well, uh, at times, the defense I thought was fantastic, um, against the bills, but then, you know, they made the big play. They made plays when they had to, um, and the Ravens couldn't. And, you know, in a playoff game, that's, you know, again, with two really good teams, that's all it takes. And um, Ravens fell short 17-3 to the Buffalo Bills, who move on to the AFC Championship game, and they're going to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. But, yeah, just a really weird night. Uh, doesn't get any weirder than Justin Tucker missing two kicks. I think that's only had happened three or four other times in his whole career. Um, and, you know, if if that's not one of those – just that type of night kind of things, then I'm not yeah. sure what else is. I mean, when you know it's going to be a bad night when that
1: happens, because that's not, that's just a bad, bad sign when something like that happens. Now, then you get to the point, you know, the pick six, and then Lamar goes out with the touchdown, or excuse me, with the with the concussion, and, you know, it just was not, it was not the Ravens' night. Not not to take anything away from from the Bills, but I agree with you. I think this Ravens team is probably would probably have been able to beat this Buffalo team, I think six out of six out of ten times. Not that much better. Not dominatingly better, but certainly a little bit more talent on the field. Um, you know, especially with the way they they bottles bottled up our running game. I mean, they and and Lamar. I, I mean, I don't know that their defensive line or their front seven is gonna play that. I don't. I we got the the game of. I don't want to say the game of their lives because they still have two games to play for that to have happened. But I, it was certainly pretty fantastic. I mean, I don't know that their defense had a better game this
0: season. Yeah, I mean. They, they were really good. Their scheme was really good. I think they came out with things that the Ravens weren't expecting. You know, they were blitzing a lot that, uh, you know, Collinsworth was talking about that they're, they're blitzing corners. um, And, and you know, it seemed like the Ravens were just caught off guard by that. The offensive line for the Ravens, certainly not their best night, you know, a group no. that had kind of gelled and played really well over the last eight weeks after, you know, you get that rotation settled in, um. They did not have their best night. Uh, Tyree Phillips, DJ Fluker on the right side did not have their best game. Ben Powers, I think, uh, certainly didn't have his best game. And, of course, uh, the center position, which has been an issue, well, the snaps are are what has been the issue. And and that led to so many negative plays, so many broken plays uh, that the Ravens offense just couldn't overcome.
1: Yeah, and, you know, we heard it yesterday in John Harbaugh's end of season press conference. I mean, the offensive line is going to be a major, major point of emphasis this off season. And I think rightfully so we saw every reason why uh, in that game against Buffalo. I mean, we need, you know, we said it before the trade deadline, you know, the Ravens have to get a veteran center, someone they can trust. It doesn't have to be the, the best center in the league, but they certainly need to get a Matt Burke-esque veteran, steady anchor of the line kind of guy moving forward that that Lamar can trust and that will be able to, you know, and let's face it, I'll be honest with you. This is not an easy job being the Ravens center because not only are it, you know, all the running calls and everything else, but you know, they're, they're snapping in the the pistol, you know, what, 90% of the snaps or whatever it is. So mm-hmm. it's not your typical, Oh, I just hand it to the quarterback situation. So you're going to find yourself certainly in more, more opportunities to see what we've, we've seen happen as far as the bad snaps and everything else. But that said, it's also pretty clear. We've got a couple of makeshift centers. Um, You know, McCarry's I think, a better guard than a center. um, Or certainly a better swing man on the line than your starting center. And Skura, I think, is lacking, certainly. So I think, you know, outside of that tackle position, there could be a lot of movement on the Ravens' offensive line in the offseason.
0: Yeah, and and, uh, I'm glad you said there could be a lot of movement because it's possible that the solution is already on the roster in Bradley Bozeman. Um he's a college center who's been playing guard in the NFL due to uh, Skur's presence. You know he's a guy that could potentially step in here, and then the other point that uh, I just thought of and uh, and let me know what you think because this might be a hot take is maybe drafting a center is not the worst thing in the world because in college you see all these shotguns spread out offenses. yeah um you know they're maybe. College centers coming up are just more Accustomed more equipped to You know doing sna- shotgun snaps the whole Game um, yeah
1: that's an Interesting that's an interesting idea now Oh man you also Look at Tristan Colon Castillo I mean I know mm-hmm. we've, we've Got this young kid you know who Obviously we even started at one point This year so we obviously feel pretty good about Him But I I really do think we we've, we've Just gotta strengthen that position.
0: Yeah, yeah, I got to find some way to do it. And um yeah, I mean there's certainly like you said several different ways that that could be that could be addressed. And one of the things that's that's interesting and you know maybe we can just wrap up talking about the game uh and and just move into looking forward because there's some really big questions that are facing the Ravens as we look forward, but you know, a a lot of things did go right, uh, in, in the formula of, you know, success for the Ravens, you know, they won time of possession by 10 minutes. They held the ball for 35 minutes of the game. Um, they were better than the bills on third down percentage wise. Um, but it was that turnover. It was the pick six and it was the unfortunate concussion to Lamar Jackson. And, you know, is just the way that this and offense let's face it We
1: can even, and I'm sorry to interrupt there, but we can probably add the couple crucial drops by JK Dobbins later in yeah. the game that quite frankly might've changed some things. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying I agree. to say the Ravens would have won the game, but it certainly would have been at least a little bit more intriguing towards the final minutes of the game.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, you had two crucial drops. The first one was for a first down uh, early on in the game to, to uh, you know, continue a drive and, and a ridiculous play that Lamar made to escape pressure. Um, and, and you know that's just a little discouraging when you know yeah. you make a ridiculous play and you make a good throw, you put it right on the money, yeah. and uh, you know it gets dropped, and then your the drive's done. And then the, the other one was late. Um, you know, on that play, I think with. The type of player that Dobbins is and his style—he's He's to, to, to the there house. There were a couple defenders There's no over there that he area. catches that ball yeah. in
1: stride. He's to the house.
0: Yeah, and and you know that changes everything. Mark Andrews had the opportunity late uh, over the middle. Of the, you know, a couple of defenders around him, but again, you know, several th- several yeah. times over the past couple of years, we've said if you're an elite tight end, you make that catch. Right. And and, you know, I I kind of feel for Andrews because he's in an era in which he's getting compared to Gronk, Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. So essentially two Hall of Famers and one guy that's well on his way to the Hall of Fame. Is and he steps right up there. Let's be real. I mean, he and he's a good player for sure. Yeah but when you see Kelsey go up and make that catch and and you know he yeah. <laughs> turn to Mark Andrews yeah. and you know it it grazes off his fingers it's 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 a tough comparison it to is. to make and uh well you know, but let's I,
1: also be real Kel- Kelsey didn't start off as what he is now i mean he's not they're not mm-hmm. the same age you know Andrews still has some years to to blossom even more into what Kelsey has become certainly. But um yep. but yeah it, it is definitely definitely some frustrating moments so far the
0: last few years. Yeah, yeah. And and the the pressure on Lamar I think I, I mean pass rush wise uh the pressure really changed a lot of, of plays oh. for him. You know you know big time. the there was there was the huge one was right before the play right before the pick six You know, he has Hollywood Brown or or Marquise Brown wide open uh, over the middle. And I think that would be a touchdown. I I mean, it sure as as heck looked like it would be a touchdown if that pass was completed. Um, There was a third down or second down play in which he, Lamar got the ball out and, you know, the pressure, it was a little bit short to Mark Andrews and it could have been a long, long gain uh, over on the right side. I don't know if you remember that one, but, you know, missed short, um, so that that pressure, and it brings us back to the offensive line, they didn't have their best game. And, of course, no. you know, the Bills are blitzing, and, and, you know, it's tough to pick up blitzes and stuff like that. I, I, I get it. But, you know, it's just got to be better than that. And if you look at the three playoff losses most recently, the common theme has been the offensive line getting beat. You know, yep. it happened against the Chargers, it happened against the Titans last year, and it happened against the Bills this time. Yeah. Now,
1: you know, and, and we also have to call out the point that while certainly the pressure was the, the offensive line's fault, Lamar also was holding on the ball way too long.
0: Yeah. You know, there
1: he got, I don't I know why he was did, gun gunshot. It, to it himself. looked like there were certain points where if he had just gone with the hot short read, we could have at least, at least gotten three to four yards. You know, something like that, but he holds on to the ball and we end up losing 10 on a sack. You know, it that's got to improve. Now, that said, it may be as I've talked about before, the Ravens don't have any good dump off options anymore. Obviously, we've seen Dobbins doesn't have Ray Rice hands. You right. know, as much that's, as that's
0: the main difference, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, as much as we like to compare those two players. And Hey, I was just watching some highlights before we recorded of JK Dobbins, sort of his end of season highlight. And he's so comparable to Ray Rice, Uh except for that point, you know, he just does not have the hands. And that's where, you know, there's who is the dump off option for Lamar. He doesn't have one because Mark Andrews is our, main wide receiver. He needs to be out in the, you know,
0: out in the deep. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, it,
1: we we can't have him being the dump off, the dump off guy. He just didn't have that option or at least one that he trusted. And that needs to change. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's a great point. I mean, a, a lot of times last year it was a guy like like uh, Mark Ingram who would be out there and he he was a great third down back because of his ability to pick up the blitz as well. And and Mm -hmm. that play uh, right before the pick six, you see Tyree Phillips has a shot at the pass rusher and you see JK Dobbins has a shot at the pass rusher and neither neither of them get it, get there. And of course, you know, that changes the play, but you know, that's another thing I think Dobbins can really improve on is, his blitz pickup. um, Especially (laughs) when it, when it seems to be those clutch situations uh, to be solid, to, to just, have somebody in there that Lamar can trust. And, and, you know, the more that I think about it, I think that's why they have justice Hill in on so many third down plays is that it's you his know, pass blocking his bo- Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you know, it's he exactly may what be, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and <clears throat> you know, we, we kept thinking like, man, why, why is he the guy in on third down? And why is he the guy that's, you know, getting these you know, crucial snaps? And it's, we saw it's the, pla- it's the pass yeah. blocking. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, And it that's a
1: big yeah. reason too, why we saw him continue to play. Well, mm-hmm. and just as you said, not just, not just playing third down, but towards the end of the season when, you know, Mark Ingram was getting uh, healthy scratches. Mm-hmm. That was a big part of that. Not just his special teams play, but
0: that pass blocking. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I agree. um. So, in general, the pass protection, whether it's offensive line or whether it's the running backs, it's, it's got to yeah. improve. Um, I do want to mention the defense um, for their effort. I, I think they were absolutely fantastic. It was not the traditional approach that our defense usually takes, which is just, you know, blitz everybody uh, every down. But, you know, they kind of I, sat I back. Mean, I, but don't – I question that some, though.
1: At this point, I know it's look. It's Monday morning quarterbacking. I know in reality the defense only gave up ten points, but uh, I don't know, man. I, I I feel like we should have been rushing the or more. I mean, we. I don't know. I I I I I, I, I may be stupid and have. You know, I'm not I'm not a smarter man than Wink Martindale when it comes to this stuff, so I'm not trying to say that. But I just I don't know. Maybe and maybe I'm just disappointed, quite frankly, in the individual performances of Judon and 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 Gakwe. I mean, I feel like we've got pass rushers between those two, and I'm at the point where I don't want to sign either one. It's like where is our our just natural pass rush? And that really frustrates me. Um, I feel like I feel like they were able to add some pieces this year that should have. And, and look, I I think the defensive line portion of what we've done has been fantastic. It's just still that outside pass rush, and I guess it frustrates me all the more knowing that a that's expensive, b we're not going to have a ton of cap room. And we have, obviously we've talked about other holes that are going to be just as,
0: or more important to fill than
1: outside pass rusher.
0: Yeah. I mean, they tried to address it this year by bringing in Ngakwe, and he didn't have the production um, that was expected. And, and that sucks because you know, you really try and you know, it just doesn't work out. Um I don't yeah.
1: know that they're going to sign him. Do you think
0: we, I'd be Ngakwe. surprised if we signed Ngakwe. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think, I think it would be a surprise to sign him. Um, out of him, him or Judon, I think they would go after Judon because he's a slightly more versatile player. Um, mm-hmm. Because he can't, he has the ability to drop into coverage when you need to, you know, he can set the edge a little bit. And, um, Harbaugh also is yeah. singing his praises as well
1: on uh, how much he really does want Judon back. Um
0: but I don't know, man. I yeah, I don't know. It's it's gonna be interesting because Yeah, like we'll, we'll how much about, like I love, I
1: I'm not saying I don't like Judon, but how much money do you give Judon? When you well, only have you know, so much cap
0: room, you know. He's gonna he's gonna command top dollar, essentially. Um, but you know, that, that being said, you you mentioned that you want the, the Ravens, they, you wanted a little bit more pressure from them, the natural pass rush. And that's, that's definitely true. Um, you know, it it seemed like they got some pressure sometimes, but it would turn into a Josh Allen rollout and he would complete a pass. And, you know, they, like what we talked about, they weren't able to contain that pocket. You know, they still allowed him to get outside. And make plays on the run, and he's been so good under pressure all year. But you know, overall, you know that Bills offense, that Bills team, I guess there's some defensive touchdowns in there, you know, across the season. But they average over 31 points a game, and yeah. if your defense gives up 10, and they had a no the forced fumble at midfield, yeah, uh, that they just couldn't fall on, and and I really got to link it, look into it, because it seemed like in the second half of the year, there were so many forced fumbles that the Ravens did not come up with. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you feel the same way, but, you know, thinking back to like the Eagles game, um, thinking back to other punch outs that happened uh, across the course of the season, you know, it just seemed like the Ravens stopped falling on those fumbles. Um if well, I think defense, in some respects, too, that's just the law
1: of averages, because as man, mm-hmm. many times as the Ravens are able to pop it out, I mean, the other team's going to fall on their fair share. You know, that's yeah. just, you know, I think.
0: Right, right. But that that's one that you would love to have, get your offense at yeah, midfield. Oh, well, and yeah, kind that, of That's sure. kind of what I'm talking about. The, the Bills made their play on the pick six. And the Ravens couldn't make theirs on the force fumble. And yep. you know, that's that's all it takes. And and when your defense goes out and you know, second highest scoring team in the league and they, they give up ten points and the offense has thirty-five minutes of time of possession, they put up 150 on the ground. Generally the Ravens win that game if in that mm-hmm. situation. And uh like I said, it's just that just wasn't wasn't the case. So You know, maybe let's move on from the game on that note. I mean, we mentioned the Tucker, two misses, talk to offense, defense, special teams. The wind was crazy. Um, you know, I, I don't, I mean, let's face it.
1: it, Not only did we have Justin Tucker massive mess ups, we had both, uh, Sam cook and, uh, uh, whats his nose our long now also had? Yeah, the, yeah. The false start. Morgan yeah. Cox. Yeah, they also had issues in the game. So you know the Wolfpack as a whole had a you know uncharacteristically terrible game, which doesn't happen. I mean that's just the fact that that's even something we're talking about at this point is
0: crazy. Yeah, for sure. And um. It'll be interesting what happens with Morgan Cox. I believe he is a free agent as well. And oh, really? we have we ha- I I believe so. I'm, I'm looking into it now. Watch out and, for uh, Nick Moore. Nick Moore. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, honestly, just
1: for cap purposes, I I have a feeling we're going to see the last of the of the uh Wolfpack. Which is a damn shame if that's the case because if that was Morgan Cox's last game as a Raven, that's that's unfortunate, cause, because he's had
0: a hell of a career as the Ravens long snapper. Yeah, yeah. As I, you know, I'm looking on spot track here, and I don't even see Morgan Cox. Yeah, I don't see him at all. Um, okay, well, I'll keep looking, but I don't see him. Oh, well, uh, then never mind. Any, anything else to uh, add on the game? Well, I mean, congrats to the Bills. Yeah, I, congrats to the Bills. I mean, know. honestly,
1: I think at this point, they're probably going to be the team I would root for the rest of the way. I think so. I mean, would you agree?
0: Yeah, I, I think so.
1: Um, I mean, I can't you know, root I, I, for I, Tom I, Brady. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I I just, I, I can't like him. There's just something about, I don't not like Aaron Rodgers for any reason, but I he just seems like he'd be a cocky douche in real life. So I just, I don't know. I, I i don't really love him either. I mean, he's a fan. I mean, he's a fantastic quarterback. Don't get me wrong. I, I'd take him if we didn't have Lamar, um, you know, and then I don't know. I don't hate the chiefs either, but I'd probably rather see dude. How about if the bills end up having to play tom brady in the super bowl
0: yeah dude i mean
1: Maybe. at home at home as it were too because if tom brady ends up getting there he's he's going to be the first quarterback to play the home game you know in his own stadium and all that shit and the they'd have to play
0: tom brady yeah that would be unbelievable <laughs> Right. That'd be unbelievable. And and Oh if they can they like can't escape them.
1: the demons of their Super Bowl? Like Long Yeah, Street seriously. Plus their franchise history, that? right? Holy crap, man. That that's the biggest underdog win ever. It would have to be right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, wow. pretty
0: much. That would be insane. Well, but we'll yeah, I happen. think I'm with you. I'm I'm rooting for the Bills. Um yeah. I think we're in for, for two really good games on Sunday. Hopefully um, so. Hopefully yeah. so Yeah. I no, think no, you know what
1: bottom line, I think it's the I think it's the four best teams. Um, you know, I hate saying that as a Ravens fan. Um, but look, this Ravens team was also pretty flawed. I mean, our offensive line I, I don't know that, that it would have allowed us to beat the Chiefs, for example.
0: Um,
1: we have some deficiencies offensively that we have to have the game go a certain way for us to dominate and win. If it doesn't go our way, we're probably going to lose, you know? So that's where we've got to somehow be able to change the game so we can flip the script when it needs to happen. Um, and because of that, I feel like, you know, it, it, it would have made it that much harder this team actually go all the way? Is that a fair statement? I mean, I know they obviously lost to the Bills, so it's smooth, but um, I don't I don't think they would have gone to this and won the Super Bowl.
0: It, I mean, going to Kansas City would uh, certainly be a, a, a challenge uh, just because I think Kansas City matches up extremely well against us in, in the way yeah. that we like to play. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. I, you know, you'd love to say, "Yeah, we would beat Kansas City," and I'm not. Ju- it's just, a shame there aren't sure. like a into losers
1: bracket, you know, so we can see what. what <laughs> yeah, after double after elimination. You know. Exactly, but oh well.
0: Yeah, oh well, go Bills. I'm I'm, I'm yeah. comfortable saying go Bills. Let's so, go Buffalo. Right. Um. Okay. Well, let's look forward. We we talked about it a little bit, and and maybe we'll just jump right back into it because I have a couple yeah. approaches here. Uh, to the offensive line. And um, you know what? Let's take a step back. We differ on something, and yeah. it is our offensive coordinator, Greg Roman, and his yeah. future. Talk about why you think we need to move on.
1: Well, I, I don't know that it's necessarily that we need to move on, but I I will say that I look at Greg Roman, especially after— After yesterday's press conference with John Harbaugh, I worry that he's going to go down with Greg Roman somehow. Um, I just hope that we're able to get some talent at the wide receiver and tight end position that will help to augment the running game. Because the the exact same thing that happened in the post-Super Bowl Colin Kaepernick era in San Francisco is now happening with our offense. And as far as everyone... uh, Looking at the simplistic passing game and blah, blah, blah. It's the staple. Everywhere Greg Roman goes, this becomes a thing. Now, saying that, I think it's very possible for the Ravens to take this offense and win a Super Bowl with it. And I get what John Harbaugh is saying with, we're going to build our offense around our players. I love that in a lot of respects, But then you need to get the players that fit with your other players that you built your offense around. And that's what we're not seeing. If you're building your offense around a massive running game, you don't get a skinny midget as your number one wide receiver. No offense to Marquise Brown. But that's the reality. You don't get a 5'11", 160-pound, when wet, wide receiver as your number one guy when you have this have. So that's where I don't understand what we're going to do. Because Greg Roman, I don't have a lot of confidence that he is going to suddenly figure out how to tweak his offense so not only do we have a little bit of Greg Roman running game, we have some Mike Martz passing game or something like that. Shoot, I'll take the Mike Martz running game for that matter. But regardless, you know, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm hopeful, but for Greg Roman's offense to be successful, or as successful as we want it to be, and not for this to be just a continual repeat of the same script every year—you know, having great records but blowing it in the in the playoffs because we can't beat the good teams once we get down and we have no passing game, and we're completely one-dimensional, well, if that doesn't change in some respect, it's never going to get better. So you you tell me why I shouldn't, or why I
0: should be more positive than I am. Well, first of all, I think you make some really good points. Um, and... Uh, the one that I want to build on and and I'm not as down on on Greg Roman as a lot of people. The one that I would love to build on is, you know, like you said, he has built this offense for the players he has. Um, There's holes in this group of offensive players that we have. Those need to be plugged so that, you know, Greg Roman's offense can, can, uh, run effectively I guess snapping the ball past your quarterback so that he has to go run yeah, that's down that's a fairly fundamental thing that needs to be fixed I would agree with that I mean that, I like that's not how you,
1: Greg Roman threw it up
0: yeah right he, yeah they're not in practice they're like alright yeah first down we're gonna we're gonna lose 10 and then we'll go get him I mean you can't do that you can't do that the offensive line just wasn't ready to go and yeah you can say that's You know that's on the coaches for not being ready to go, but at a certain point, the players have to play. The players, the offensive line didn't play. (laughs) They didn't play up to well. The bottom line is
1: there's a personnel issue on this team.
0: I mean, it's it's there's
1: and look, I, I know you really like a lot of our offensive linemen. I'll be honest with you, it wouldn't shock me if the two tackles that we have are the only returning offensive lineman next year. Really? Not that I think the Ravens are going to consciously clean house, but you know, at some point there's, do you have depth just to have people or do you actually have good football players? I mean, I, I just, you, I don't know. I I mean, you start, we really have to start evaluating whether some of these younger players are truly guys we think we can build around. I mean, let's look at this cadre of you know you know interior offensive linemen you've got bozeman okay he's he's been very good at times um you know do is he the guy that we're going to spend a lot of money on the left guard position is is he the guy that with cap room and i'm just throwing stuff out because who knows at this point but if we've got to somehow clear cap room or try to get draft picks to try to build around do we actually move a bozeman to somebody else if there's interest now obviously we need to find a center there's no question we need a new center there's nobody on this team I know you said Bozeman and that I guess maybe but to me he would have already been the center but at this point if the team really thought he was going to be a center um, or could turn into a Pro Bowl center mainly because we've had too much too many problems at the center position to not have Bozeman get more snaps there if he was really going to be an option potentially for next year because I just look at you know look at Phillips he would have maybe moved to left guard I mean there were other options that maybe I don't know if that was really realistic I think we would have seen a little bit more of that or at least some hints of that moving forward and then you look at left or right guard excuse me that to me is a complete unknown. I mean, I don't know that I look at Phillips and look at a guy that I'm real excited about on the offensive line. I don't think he's bad, mind you. And I know he was somewhat playing out of position at right tackle at the end of the year. But I'm also looking at a guy and I wonder if he's a China doll or not. And you know, is this a guy that, you know, is going to be able to hold up to the rigors of the NFL at this point? And I know that's very small sample size and and not a fair assessment of the player, but at this point, I've got to wonder if he can't even make it through a game. What are we doing, playing him first off? But that whole situation was just strange to me, so I'm a bit down on Tyree Phillips. Fluker, he's gone. You know he's not yeah, do he's that. out. Yeah. You know Powers. I I don't know, man. I, I and I know it's again. It's you know you don't want to get too high on a player. You don't want to get too low on a player, but. You know, he did not have a good game against the Bills, and I'm I'm really not ready to give him that position yet. So I it wouldn't shock me if the Ravens found, you know, a veteran center, and you know some other moves ended up happening that some different guards were in place. I I know that that's wild and maybe a little a little unlikely,
0: but I also wouldn't be shocked by it either. Yeah, so I think I'm a little bit higher on Powers than you are. I thought, you know, he yeah, obviously he did struggle um, against the Bills, but you know he, he did seem to shore up that right guard position a little bit in the second half of the year once that once um, Ronnie Stanley went down and, and sure. shuffling had to. So and, I, and I think you know, he held he it down pretty well. And you know, if playing
1: next to Orlando Brown next year, and if I, I mean, things look, change. I, I, yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, for sure. And you know it all depends on Ronnie Stanley's health and, and is he, how ready to go is he? Um, and it seems like he'll be ready to go for training camp. So that hopefully is not a concern, but I think powers next to Orlando Brown jr. Is a much different combination than powers next to Fluker or Tyree Phillips. And it, it was a really tough spot for Tyree Phillips to come into, you know, he, he was sure. You know, he's, He played left tackle. He's practiced at left guard. He played right guard. He had to move over to right tackle. He was rotating with Fluker, and he's doing all this in a COVID training camp. I mean, that's a really tough spot to come into. Yeah. While I'm not thrilled with the way he played, you know, give him another year, give you know a a little bit of development opportunity. Maybe he's not a starting offensive lineman, and and you know. I'm I'm not taking that off the table because he might not be, but is he in position to be that swing tackle, that backup tackle, in if if necessary? And maybe that's his ceiling. But give him a chance to, to uh yeah you know have a normal well, offseason, and uh, well, you know, that you might not happen this year either. Here.
1: Yeah, you also bring up a good point with Phillips in the sense that you know he he's more used to the left side. Would they think he's a guard anyway in the NFL? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, next year when we've got hopefully the full season of both Stanley and Brown at the tackle position, you know, and you're not worried about you know two swing tackles and all that all that mess. What if he settled in settled in at left guard? So that's another area right. where I'm talking it's about another where, possibility. You know, hey, he could be the guy that ends up at left guard if, and I don't even know if it's even realistic to trade Bozeman or if any of it would even be worth it for picks or what have you. But, but just my point of, you know, however we need to reconfigure things the best way, because I think, you know, you made a point about the swing tackle. I really don't think we want, I think if anything, Tyree Phillips at least proved that we need to just probably try to make him a guard um, and, and stick him there. And, and leave him at guard And find another swing tackle I think that's definitely going to be something We need to find I don't know if it necessarily needs to be a veteran Guy, you know, as long as we Can get a, a decent young tackle um, That we Can at least trust that can Play both sides uh, Well, at least one side because obviously Orlando Brown's the greatest Tackle in the world and can Play either and be a pro bowl one Um but uh you know i don't know. i'm sorry i keep interrupting you
0: no that's all right it's 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 a really interesting discussion because there are some possibilities early in the draft if you want to go that route um i think there are a few free agents if you want to pay and that's the that's the place you want to spend your money um so it's it's certainly possible you you do have a uh, Bozeman and and uh Tristan Colon Castillo on the roster. You know, do you give them one of the shot? Give give yeah. one of them the shot to win it, and you know, a, attack the guard position, and, and instead of looking at center. So there's a lot of different ways to go about it. Um, I would be really interested in looking at Alex Leatherwood, um, depending on where he you know. Tell me about him. I'm not, I not done my draft. Process. I haven't done my draft work
1: yet. So what's his, so uh, is, what's his story?
0: He's an offensive lineman at Alabama, and he's a beast. He's extremely good. I think where I've seen him the most in like early mock drafts is late first round. And he's a guy that's athletic enough to play tackle, but you know maybe he's the guy you stick at guard for a little bit. And then if OBJ walks in free agency, well, then you already have your next tackle on your roster. And, you know, that's something that the Ravens need to prepare for yeah, because that is inevitable. You know, depending on what the salary cap situation is going to be, it is is a non-zero chance that OBJ is not on this team in in a little bit. So having that next tackle. Well, I guess we shouldn't say that because, look, crazier
1: things have certainly happened. Sure. I don't think you're going to have, though, both a Ronnie Stanley and an Orlando Brown both on this team because at some point Brown will be a left tackle for someone, whether it's whether it's us or
0: whether it's another team, I think that's inevitable for sure. Right. So, you know, do you go get that that next guy now and and yeah. see him at guard and, and you know you have a, a tackle playing guard and you know a guy that's still athletic th- enough to play tackle playing guard you know that that certainly has its advantages um there are guys uh, that you can draft early on uh from Ohio State there's a guy guard named uh Wyatt Davis who plays right guard so then maybe you move powers back over to his natural spot of left guard and let him play there uh Wyatt Davis is a beast um you know you have Creed Humphrey from Oklahoma who's another guy that can play center or guard uh you have Landon Dickerson from Alabama who you know, was hurt uh, late in the season. He didn't get to play in the national championship game, but extremely highly regarded as a player and uh, for his leadership skills. So maybe that's a guy that you can take advantage of, of getting a little bit later on because of that injury. So the draft certainly has extremely high quality players available there. Um, And considering the cap situation, I would think that's the way that that the front office goes and they they try to address the offensive line early in the draft and you know be able to spend some of the free agent dollars elsewhere maybe at the edge or or on a wide receiver or something like that.
1: Yeah, you know, I it that that's an interesting point. You know, I I think if we spend any money on the offensive line in free agency, I think it will be at the center position, I think, because like you said, it certainly sounds like there's a lot of potential interior guard options um, in the draft. And and certainly we have already have our internal guard options. So if we were to throw some draft picks in the mix and all that kind of thing and all that, it would seem to me that would be within the guards and swing positions. And then we'd need to find, you know, that steady presence veteran at the center position. Now, as far as some of the other, you know, drafts, you know, as a high level, asking for our listeners that, that haven't done their draft homework yet, like, like I haven't. So what other position groups are they starting to say are, are the, the the big position groups in this draft? Like, like, for example, how are the receivers this draft, considering how amazing last year
0: was? And, it's and, another, we, it's another, and we obviously
1: didn't take advantage of it.
0: It, yeah, uh, it's another really good receiver draft. Maybe not as ridiculously deep, uh, this year, but certainly the top is really good. Um, guys like Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle, and but how um, about
1: guys we would get towards the end of the first round? Are there still high-level guys at that point?
0: You know, yeah, Justin, Justin
1: Jefferson's not that he even lasted that long, but you know well, what?
0: Well, I mean. yeah, he he didn't. There's actually another guy from LSU who actually ended up uh, opting out in the middle of the year. His name's Terrence Marshall Jr. He's a, a tall guy, not like AJ Brown, DK Metcalf kind of body, but he's he's got a big frame in which he'll he'll be able to add some strength. And he is he's a beast. He can fly. He can run all the routes that you want. Um, you know, he's an intriguing option, uh, but I think he might be gone a little bit early. Uh, Rashad Bateman from Minnesota is another guy to keep an eye on. Um, and there's a guy from USC. and I, I'm blanking on his name right now. Amon Ross St. Brown. I, I want you to watch some, some okay. stuff from him. He's not going biggest... to fall in love. I think so. You know, he's, he's got a really interesting play style and, and, you know, I'll I'll let you, I'll let you watch and see what you think, but he's not the biggest. He's six one, right around 200 pounds. Uh, But uh, you know, he can really play. And um, so that's another guy that I would be interested in. Maybe not in the first round. uh, Maybe depends on how uh, that first round goes, but you know, there are opportunities um, to, to bring in a lot of, offensive talent there are a ton a ton of small fast shifty receivers um and the one that is coming to mind and i want to make sure i say his name right is Kadarius tony from florida and uh he is i'm trying to think of like a, a a comp he doesn't have the most ridiculous top end speed so he's like he's like six foot 193 so again not huge but not small um but he is a devastating footwork guy i mean he, some of the routes that he runs are are awesome to watch and he just he creates so much separation and he's gonna be like an end of the first round early second round guy i think so that's a guy to keep an eye on as well. So overall, I think there's a lot of options. The other thing that's good for the Ravens is that it's going to be a, a top heavy quarterback draft between Trevor Lawrence, um, Will, Zach Wilson, uh, Justin Fields, uh, Mac, Brown, um, Mac Jones from Alabama. You know, there's going to be teams ahead of the Ravens that take take quarterbacks and that's going to work in our favor because it pushes everybody else down. So there's going to be a ton of, ton of talent uh, at 27 or wherever the Ravens pick at the, at the end of that first round.
1: That's good to know, man. Let's let's move on now after, uh, you know, talking about the draft a bit, let's move on to, to maybe some veterans we might be interested in, whether that be free agents, maybe potential cuts or trades, you know, I was just trying to think. I was trying to come up with, okay. So, so in my in my opinion, as much as sure, a player like Allen Robinson, who a lot of people have talked about, is you know he's, he's likely the best free agent out there, unless there's a an unexpected you know salary cap cut that ends up happening. You know, Allen Robinson is looked at as the the top free agent wide receiver. In my opinion, he's not the guy that I want to splash a ton of money on. You know i think I think our best moves are are either a guy that's not that we don't know about yet, you know that that guy that gets cut, or're probably making a trade and looking through at guys that maybe could be out there, and this is totally. Me making stuff up, there's no actual rumor here, but just the fact that he could be available due to cap issues. Michael Thomas, really? The Saints are in major cap jail, apparently. They're not going to have Drew Brees. Mm-hmm.
0: They're, they've they got do, they will have Jameis, though.
1: That's true. And Taysom, <laughs> who is, you know,
0: the next, he's he's better than Lamar, apparently.
1: Right. Know, he, right. Apparently. He never starts, but they are currently a hundred million dollars over the salary cap, apparently.
0: A hundred so, million.
1: A hundred million dollars over the salary cap. <laughs> so oh okay. you can imagine that now Drew Brees will certainly help with that, not having to pay him anymore, but there's probably some moves that are going to be made. Now that's the crazy thing. I mean, we talked about how our cap isn't going to be good. A lot of other teams who were not expecting to have cap problems this year have them because the cap isn't as high as it's going to be because of COVID and everything else. So I'm sure there are teams that were overlooking. I mean, I just happened to, Grab the Saints because I was like, oh, what's his situation was, as we were talking? And it's even, you know, they're even talking about how they might end up trading Michael Thomas. Now, granted, he has a crazy big contract and that would have to all be worked out. So he'd work under our cap. But but in my mind, making that kind of a move that, you know, getting DeAndre Hopkins to Arizona for their young QB. You know, getting an AJ Brown kind of guy to go to the Titans. You know, getting that. No, no, he wasn't a trade; he was a draft pick. But you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like getting the Stephon Diggs is a better example. Get um, you know, to Buffalo for mm-hmm. for Allen. You know, I think getting that because we need someone that's going to come in and be impactful from day one. Hopefully, there's training camp and it's a decent off season and all that stuff. But you know, we need that, that person to hopefully come in, know the NFL and just be all pro from, from the get-go. And whether that is Michael Thomas, maybe, you know, I've, I've read that Julio Jones might get traded. Not that I think that's realistic, but you know, something, something like that kind of a player is, I think what the Ravens need. I know that I don't, I don't, Want to seem too much like Captain Obvious there, but I just don't see any other way to really solve the issue than someone that's really at the top of their game.
0: Yeah, I agree that it's going to have to be a trade because earlier when uh, John Harbaugh was doing his year-end presser, he, he said, "I'm not going to beg anybody to come to Baltimore," and I, I completely agree with that sentiment. But Absolutely. to get a a very good wide receiver to come to Baltimore when you know the uh, offense they run, you know that they were just thirty second in the league uh, in passing. And yeah, I mean, like, yeah, you want to be a team player and all that kind of stuff, but you also want to make your money, right? And, yeah. And um, for to get a top guy to come to Baltimore, you're you're gonna have to overpay, and if you're looking at Alan Robinson overpaying, probably means like twenty million dollars a year, uh, based on previous. That's crazy, and that's based I'm on sorry, previous. He's a
1: good player, but that's crazy.
0: Well, you know he he's going to benefit from, you know, being in this, uh, free agency class, and and the guy yeah. that you mentioned before, Michael Thomas, signed his deal, and and that kind of sets up Alan Robinson, and yeah, Allen Robinson, I think, is a really good player um you know he's put up numbers everywhere he's been and his quarterbacks have been very subpar and he still manages to uh you know put up some solid numbers he, it, signing him for that kind of contract also gives me a little bit of pause any like big name that you're expecting is going to the ravens are going to have to overpay uh to, to bring them in so instead of that top level free agent the trade market seems a little bit more realistic to me because you know you get your guy and you know they they don't really have to go through the uh the free agency process and 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 um you know don't don't have to get in bidding, bidding wars and that kind of stuff yeah um or and you know what you can also in some respects too target
1: that guy that's going to thrive in the Ravens offense you know that guy right. who and I know right. I bring him up all the time but but that big bodied you know AJ Brown DK Metcalf kind of guy that's going to be able to be a three four down wide receiver for the Ravens and block and all that stuff that we you know that we need um mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just I'm trying to find another wide receiver
0: here that would
1: seem to work.
0: I'm not sure. If, if it's oh, if knows? it's in the free agent market, I'm I'm not sure if you're still looking at trades. If it's in the free agent market, I'm we'll need to to I'm, I'm We need to reset. We need to reset. Trades here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like free agency, we're gonna have to reset our expectations. It's gonna be guys like Sammy Watkins or Juju Smith-Schuster, who I, I actually mean. would like. You know, I you know I but, wouldn't hate that either. But as a 25 year old uh, wide receiver, he might command a little bit more. But yeah. the nice thing is, there are more top receivers available than there are top receiver spots per se. Um, maybe a guy like Tim Patrick, who had a really nice year in Denver, and you know he's not that huge name, but you know he's 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 had a really good season. So reset the expectations because I don't think that wide receiver is going to be the splash move in in, in free agency, it, yeah. the, the dollars and cents are just not going to add up for the Ravens no. in, in that manner. Um, yeah. So I mentioned those two guys, it might even be a guy like Matt Collins, uh, you know, like a bigger body, but you know, not that superstar kind of level. But, you know, he has some time in the NFL. It's going to be something of that sort is the feeling that I get. And then maybe something in, in uh, the draft as well. Yeah,
1: I, I would think so. Um, so, I mean, so moving on to, to another position, and you know, it's a terrible transition, but moving on to another position, um, what do you think about pass rush? Because, I mean, that's really the other area. And then we talked about it a little bit. You know, I certainly don't think I, I wouldn't sign any of our outside pass rushers uh, to crazy money because I feel like we're going to need to allocate those dollars elsewhere. Not that I don't like them as players. I just think you've got to probably look elsewhere for that money, but that leaves us without any pass rush. So um, with that in mind, um, what what is your plan there? I mean, I would, I can, I can talk about, I mean, I, I don't know what I would do. I mean, I guess I actually, you know, we texted the other day. I wouldn't mind a, a veteran pass rusher, like a JJ Watt. Now I don't know how we fit him under the cap necessarily. And I don't, I don't look at him as the savior and the, oh, he's our, if you get him, then that's all you need. That's not what I mean. But I think if you get a guy like that who maybe is a little bit more dynamic with the natural pass rush and you get him in the right rotation, he could add a lot more to that defense than I think even a guy like Ngakwe or, or Judon was giving us. Um, you know, other than that, I think we're back to the drawing board and probably looking at drafting. I, I think that's where you end up seeing our first-round pick, go as much as I'd love to see us go get our stud wide receiver, that's not going to happen this year. I think it's either going to be the offensive lineman or it's going to be another pass rusher, because I don't see us doing that with the free agents we have. What do you think?
0: I think of the pass rushers that were on the Ravens this year, the primary target is going to be Tyus Bowser. Um, again, I point to his versatility. He's not going to have the same price tag as a Judon or Ngakwe. The other benefit that the Ravens get by letting Ngakwe walk is that comp pick back, potentially mm-hmm. another another high comp pick back for Judon. I think they might value those rather than you know paying top dollar. Um, there are, you know, yeah, you know, I would have to look into to this a little bit more because I haven't gotten much to, to the defensive side of the ball, but there are some um, at least decent names uh, out there at, at the uh, edge position, whether that's defensive end or outside linebacker. Um, it, it, that, this is going to be one of the hardest positions to address because it's always an issue. It has, it has always been a problem. For as long as we can remember, since we had Terrell Suggs in his prime, or even like a Paul Kruger, I think the other move that makes sense is to bring back Pernell McPhee. Um, and and oh, if you can keep him in yeah. that, if you can keep him in that role of fifteen to twenty snaps, in in which he played against that the Titans, and and if you know you can get him at that level, that's big time. That's huge. Mm-hmm. That helps out everybody. Um, I believe, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Derek Wolfe might be a free agent. I'd love to have him I back. believe
1: he is, too. I bet you we re-sign him. He seems like a guy that loved his time in Baltimore. Um, mm-hmm. and I bet you
0: he's a guy that we figure out how to bring back. Yeah, and he's he's 31 years old. Um, Claes Campbell's a year older. Brandon Williams is a year older. You, know, you do have Jalen Ferguson, who's been a healthy scratch for, for several weeks now. I think in the draft as well, you, you address that defensive line position because you have Matt Abike who came in and got significant snaps and, and played well. Uh, Broderick Washington, you know, don't really know what we have there yet because he didn't get that much burn. I, I think they go back to the draft again and, and get somebody with some inside-outside ability along the defensive line as well. Yeah, they
1: always tend to do that. I mean,
0: yeah. you know,
1: yeah, at least one, you know, um, even if it ends up being a being a dud like they have occasionally, um, they usually at mm-hmm. least get one, even if it's in the you know last round that they have. Um, you know, there's some there's some interesting other names out there looking at free agents. I mean, there's the Shaquille Barrett. There's the yep. Jadavian Clowney is going to be back on the market. Melvin Ingram, Bud Dupree, Leonard Floyd. You know, there's some other guys, but hey, two of the top 10 guys for a pro football focus, you know what, are Ravens, Yannick Ngakwe and Matthew Judon. So as you said, you know, if especially if the Ravens stay out of getting an edge defender in this top 10, which honestly I don't see them signing any of those guys. Um, I'd be shocked if they signed Clowney. I'd be shocked if they signed Bar- Barrett. Um, I, Like you said, I, I actually see us. You know keeping uh, darn it, what's his nose I'm, I can't remember his name uh, or the third the third outside linebacker that you mentioned. That, Bowser, thank you, Tys Bowser. I think we actually keep Bowser like you said over the other two, and that includes signing any of the other guys in the top ten. Um, I just don't see us spending that kind of money uh, and maybe yeah. that will be maybe that will be to our detriment but I just don't see us with the cap situation where we're we're going to be in being able to spend that kind of money or choosing to spend that kind of money on the defense.
0: Well, I mean, the defense already has so much invested in it. And I think it's, yeah. it's time to even it out with the offense and give them a shot. So Here's, here's the, a so question awesome. here. I mean, just speaking of the defense and speaking to the cap,
1: who do you cut? Who else gets cut here? We've already cut Mark Ingram. And that's gotten us to about 10 million under the cap. You know, I think that's um, if you follow the Raven salary cap guy on Twitter, you know, Mm -hmm. that that I believe is about where we are based off his latest report. So who else gets cut? Do
0: we cut Brandon Williams, for example? He's a big he's a big contract. He's a big number, um, and I believe before this year did he rework the contract? He may have, but I think he's still got a big number. So, actually, this is his last year on the books. This is Calais Campbell's last year on the books, another massive number. You know, he's at $15 million this year. Brandon Williams is at just about $14.5 million. Those are two that, you know, I would I would think that the Ravens would re- try to restructure, the other number that could use some restructuring is maybe Nick Boyle. He's almost at $8 million for 2021. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's a guy that they would probably like to keep around for a little bit longer than that. So maybe they uh, work out some kind of extension with him. You know, he's just 27 years old. Um, I, I think those are the three that are, that are most likely LJ Fort is another one. That's interesting. Not a huge number. He's he's going to earn $3 million this year, but are you paying $3 million to a rotational linebacker? You know, I, I know yeah. how important he is, but, you know, between those little between dollars, Queen, in there
1: all start to add up. You know, we always they do think of the big numbers, but sometimes there's some other little restructuring
0: that can happen that really
1: adds a lot of space.
0: Right. Um, right. So, and, so you I mean, know, if, if you have guys like Queen, Harrison, yeah. and, and Chris Board, do you still need to pay LJ Fort? And, you know, we both like LJ Fort quite a bit, but you know that's a number that stands out Marcus Peters 13 almost 13 and a half million dollars next year mm-hmm. you know he just signed that extension before this season did they try to do something there you know it, there's yeah. some opportunities and now how many more years cuz it was only like a 2 year extension for Peters right yeah so he so he has 2021 and 2022 so okay. he's age 27 and 28 year i believe Okay. Which is hard to believe. I mean, I wow. like he's, been he's around a forever. lot younger than I thought he was. Yeah, I thought he's, he was a little 20, bit older. 20, oh, I'm sorry, he's 28 now. So this is 29 okay. and you're 30 here. sorry. Okay. Um
1: Well, you know, I'll tell you what. almost Marvel 6 million dollars. I really year.
0: like Peters a lot. Um, yeah. I don't see us
1: I don't see us cutting him. I mean, I would see I could see us somehow restructuring somehow. Or maybe extending him somehow another year. Um, obviously, yeah. we just re signed Humphrey. I mean, there really aren't, I mean, right? They're like, there really aren't a lot
0: of choices. You're like, oh, well, we can cut this guy.
1: You know, there, yeah. there have been that, you know, in years past, but I don't think there's that guy right now.
0: Tavon Young has numbered $6 million yeah. next year. I, you guess. know, all of all of this, take with a grain of salt, because I'm not looking at the dead cap numbers and how much yeah, would stay yeah. on the salary cap in the future, Um because I, I don't know exactly what impact that would have. Take yeah. One, like what John, what who who would be your Brandon number four Williams corner, make, for
1: example? What would uh, what would Brandon Williams make
0: Next year, because it's like it's like just down. about 14 and a half.
1: Okay, and I think you're according and I think according to that to the to the gentleman on Twitter, it's like it was like six point five or something like that of dead money, six point so, nine yep, yeah, so we'd really only get about seven million dollars of savings, you know, give oh. or take, um.
0: Which, like you so said, adds up, that.
1: but yeah. You know. Oh, it definitely, it, it, I mean, every right. little bit helps, and that's still a nice chunk. I mean, that's that's potentially two players, you know, mm-hmm. that you could sign with that kind of money, either with just a first year low cap charge or what have you, you know, a couple, couple small one year deals. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's not as easy this year, I think, as it was others. I mean, Tavon's another one, you know, mm-hmm. who I think he's he's an obvious cut. Uh, but outside of Mark Ingram, you know, I'm not sure there was anyone else really that you can look at and go, you know, he's or RG3. It's almost like we've already done our business, you know, having cut both uh, Mark Ingram and RG3 already.
0: Yeah, the the last one that's really annoying. I'll, I'll... See if you can guess it. A guy didn't even play on the team this year. Has a huge mm-hmm. cap number for next year. Is, is
1: it, it a uh, who? Who didn't? Somebody that didn't play because of COVID?
0: No. I... Well, I'll just tell you, it's Earl Thomas. Oh. He, is a, he, he has that. He still has that weird deal going on yeah. with you know if he's has that grievance or he, however that yeah. works out right now right now as it stands he has a 10 million dollar dead payroll on the 2021 cap and that stinks
1: i think that's gonna happen regardless i don't think we have any choice because he didn't he didn't end up i don't think he ended up actually filing the grievance
0: yeah right so like up until so that's this point so sit. i think it is right. what
1: it is so the cat so what the real issue, if he had filed a grievance, I think would have been our cap charge this year. So I think next year we were screwed either way, regardless of what happened with the with the uh, grievance. Am I right about that? I think that. I, so. I think so.
0: I think so. I was you know, I kind of forgot about him and then it struck me. No, but that's yeah, sucks.
1: that's a crappy. That's a crappy cap number to have there. But is it just yeah. is it done after next year?
0: Yep. Yep. OK, at least there's that. At least there's that. So after 2021, there's zero dead money on the books, which is nice. Yeah. Um, That'll be nice. That could change with uh, a couple extensions or signing bonus conversions, whatever kind of restructuring they do uh, to have some cap savings this year, which always seems to happen. And it seems like it'll happen with a few guys. Um, But it'll 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 be be happening with
1: Lamar. I mean, they've already talked about, I mean, he's going to get his extension this year. It certainly sounds like.
0: Yeah, uh, or this yeah, Which so, is great
1: You know yeah. um, I'm all for it certainly And that's a wonderful thing but You know that's another obvious impact To the cap I mean you know in all the Ways that we had hoped to Be really Taking advantage of the cap This year and next year Unfortunately You know we're not going to be able to do That it, it just is 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 Crappy but hey you know the Ravens Are going to have to go back to navigating With the a big quarterback salary and hopefully uh, Lamar keeps living up to uh, his billing. You know, I mean, certainly there's improvement that needs to be made, but I'm not going to be hanging my head with a top paid quarterback. Certainly like I was with Joe Flacco while we have uh, <laughs> Lamar, Lamar Jackson, former MVP as our
0: quarterback. Yeah, I, I am looking forward to that extension too. That that'll be a that'll be a good day in Baltimore when that happens. Yeah. Um all right. Well, you know, we've gone on for for an over an hour here and we've we've covered a lot and you know, we, we want to cover continue to have some coverage um as the off season progresses, you know, we'll continue to do some some position group reviews. We'll talk about the draft, we'll talk about free agency as that starts up. Um yeah, I mean, disappointing end to the season. Uh, I think we both kind of know that, you know, it would have been a tough road to the Super Bowl, even if the Ravens did win a, in Buffalo. But, you know, it's, it was a fun year. It was a very, very strange year. Um, But, again, Crab Takes in Football. It was a pleasure doing with th- this with you, Holly, our, our third yeah, absolutely, season. Absolutely,
1: sir. Yeah. Our third Looking season. Looking forward to many more. Looking forward to yeah. many more. This is this has truly become one of the highlights of my week recording this podcast with you. And I hope everybody out there that, that, you know, are, are dedicated listeners, like your, your wife who likes to listen to us while she falls asleep. You know, I, I I've got to say, you know, you to everyone out there and, and, you know, I, we appreciate the support and it's, it's just been a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, man. I have a great time doing this too. So appreciate you. Uh, joining me again this season and, um, you know, maybe season four is the year we get to celebrate it all. Hopefully Um, so, man. Hopefully so. But Hey,
1: you know what, as as you were saying, we're going to have some off season stuff periodically as we always do, but talking about the draft and free agency and everything else. So, you know, anytime there's big Ravens news throughout the off season, you should certainly find, find the pod. It'll be coming soon enough yep absolutely on that note you want to sign us off well everybody it's been a a a weird 2020 i'm glad it's 2021. 2021 for a myriad of reasons and uh let's just hope 2021 continues to hope hopefully get better and uh you know this time next year we're gonna be still in the playoffs and uh going for that twenty twenty two Super Bowl. So everybody, thanks again for a great season of crab takes and football and go
0: Ravens. Go Ravens.